Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Liberty Cast with Big E, the man who makes the founders seem like moderates. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Big E with the Liberty Cast. Uh, today we're going to tackle a, a few topics. Uh, the first I wanted to talk about was uh, that hearing of uh, with Peter Strzok. It was pretty much a kangaroo court, uh, but we'll get into my thoughts on that here in a second. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Trump's nomination of Judge Kavanaugh to uh, fill Justice Kennedy's seat on the, on the Supreme Court. And um, we're also going to talk about Trump's visit over to the U.K., and uh, and some of the things that happened um, with that and some of the ridiculous news stories coming out of that. And uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was the um, settlement uh, that uh, an inventor uh, reached with the DOJ um, on the distribution of 3D printed guns. Um, it is a really big win uh, for Second Amendment and uh, and our, 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 our natural rights and, and things like that. So we'll, uh, we'll get into that as well. But um, like I said, the first thing I wanted to talk about is uh, Peter Strzok and that, uh, that ridiculous hearing that took place uh, in the U.S. House. Um, that hearing, absolutely meaningless. Uh, neither side came out looking, looking particularly well. Uh, there were a few good sound bites. Uh, Trey Gowdy had uh, <laughs> Trey Gowdy had some pretty good ones. I'll give him that. <laughs> In fact, I found this one particularly entertaining. Let's uh, let's take a listen to this one. Your testimony is playing the ducks. The will is the American people. Is that right? That's your testimony. The will stop it. You were speaking on behalf of the American people. Is that correct? Mr. Gowdy, what my testimony is and what I said during extensive asking of this question during my prior interview is. I don't recall writing that text. What I deny you writing the text. What I can tell you is that text in no way suggested that I or the FBI would take any action to influence the candidates. Hey, Agent candidate. Strzok, that, that is a say. fantastic answer to a question nobody asked. Yeah, Mr. Gowdy, you asked for <laughs> That was amazing. But Strzok also made some, uh, some speeches that uh, taken in a vacuum sounded pretty good, but um, it was all pretty much just political theater. I mean, Strzok, he, if, if you believe Strzok, if you believe that, uh, that Trump is colluding with or has colluded with the Russians, uh, if you believe that, um, that the FBI, uh, it's their job to, to, stop, to stop political um, candidates, then, then, then you thought Strzok came out looking pretty well. But if you're open-minded, if you, if you actually understand uh, what was going on, uh, you understand that neither side, um, neither side did themselves any favors. Um, there, were, there was a lot of bickering, a lot of name-calling. Uh, somebody said that one of the representatives needed to take his medication. Uh, Louis Gohmert, uh, who, I, who I really like, uh, got pretty personal and I think he, he hurt himself quite a bit uh, when he talked about uh, Peter Strzok and his uh, cheating on his wife with Lisa Page. It was, it, it, was all, it was all a farce. 
And it was a, it was a complete waste of time. And for someone like this guy who was uh, cheating on his wife, and I know I just talked about Louis Gomer getting personal with it, but um, I do have a point here, so just bear with me. Uh, for someone who's cheating on their wife, he's the number two guy in the FBI's counterintelligence division. Um, so he's, he's basically a spy using a government-issued phone to send uh, those type of texts. His, his tradecraft was ridiculous. I mean, everybody, I mean, it, it, <laughs> I, I can't even describe how stupid it is. So if you watch the hearing, you saw exactly how uh, smug and arrogant this guy is. And for him to, to leave these types of messages and for the number of messages that he left on his phone, and it's a government phone, so... All that stuff is recorded, so it wasn't like even if it, he deleted those texts, they weren't going to be able to recover them. But the arrogance of this guy to leave those messages, well, to send them in the first place, and then to leave them on on the phone, it just shows that he either was completely arrogant, didn't think he was doing anything wrong, or if he did think he was doing something wrong, didn't think it was going to matter because uh, Hillary was going to get elected and nothing was going to come of it. He was either that arrogant or he just didn't give a shit. And either way, uh, that's not something that you want. And uh, an FBI, somebody that high up in the FBI who's leading several high-profile, very important investigations, e either way, it's just, it, it's just not a good look for the FBI. So we really didn't learn anything. Um, nothing really came out of this uh, except for just how smug uh, and arrogant this guy really is. I mean, the, the the pompous, condescending way that he responded to some of the questions, it was just like he he, he doesn't feel like he, he can be touched in any way. And it was it was ridiculously painful to watch. I didn't watch uh, the entire thing, but uh, I did watch quite a bit of it. And and it was it was it was just ridiculous. And, um, and, and like I said before, a huge waste of time. But um, one of the other things I wanted to touch on before we move on to some, other, some of the other topics uh, today is uh, Representative Cohen. And I, I, I can't even, I, it, it, it boggles my mind that uh, Representative Cohen actually said that Peter Strzok deserves a Purple Heart. Um, I think we might have some audio, so let's see if we can uh, if we can get that for you here. Mr. Trump, I don't know where to start. Uh, if I could give you a Purple Heart, I would. You deserve one. This has been an attack on you in a way to attack Mr. Mueller and the investigation that is to get at Russia collusion involved in our election, which is what this committee should be looking at a direct strike at democracy and what this country's about and free and fair elections, keeping us independent of who is our foe, not our, our, you know, our competitor, our foe. Seriously? So this guy is actually comparing what Peter Strzok is going through with our soldiers who have lost limbs who have been blown up by IEDs, who have, who have taken bullets for their fellow soldiers. I mean, Strzok is 
simply being held to account for allowing his personal animus towards a then candidate, allowing that to interfere in the way he conducted his business as an FBI agent. And because he's being held to account for that, he deserves a purple heart. Come on, that's that is one of the dumbest things I have heard in a very long time. Unfortunately, uh, this story is not going away anytime soon. So I am certain that there is going to be a lot more dumb shit coming down the pike, and uh, and we'll we'll deal with it when it when it happens. But um, for now, uh, we're going to go ahead and switch gears, and uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Judge Kavanaugh and his appointment to uh, the Supreme Court. Back to the Liberty Cast. Last Monday, um, President Trump nominated Judge Brett Kavanaugh to fill Justice Kennedy's seat on the Supreme Court. Now, I wrote about um, a, a 900 word piece uh, up on uh, the Liberty Cast blog. Uh, you can read it at libertycast.essentialliberty.us.com. In that piece, I talked about uh, his qualifications. I talked about a lot of the hysteria that's uh, being played out in the media uh, with regard to some of his decisions, how they think that if he gets confirmed to the court that Roe v. Wade is automatically going to be overturned and and all that nonsense. In that piece, I also talked about his uh, article in the Minnesota Law Review um, where he talked about deferring civil and criminal action against sitting presidents so that they could focus on uh, conducting the business of running the country and how the left has uh, taken that to, to to try and get us to believe that he thinks that presidents are above the law. Uh, that's stupid. Uh, I'm not going to get into uh, all that here because uh, that could that we could talk about that all day. A couple other bombshells have dropped uh, regarding this nomination since I wrote that piece, uh, not the least of which is the amount of debt that Judge Kavanaugh racked up uh, buying season tickets to the Washington Nationals games. Seems he's a, a pretty big baseball fan, as am I, and um, I'm also a Nationals fan. So as far as I'm concerned, more power to him. He's he's aces. But uh I mean, it's that all that proves is that he's more like most of the rest of us than than we would like to think or than they would like us to think. I mean, who doesn't use credit cards to to make big purchases? Who doesn't like to go to baseball games? Who doesn't like to uh, I mean, here's, here's the thing. He bought some season tickets. Some of his friends cheap chipped in and helped him uh, cover the cost of those tickets. He's since paid off most of that debt. It's not like he's using public funds to uh, 
to pay off that debt. He's, he's, like I said, he's just like the rest of us. We rack up debt, we pay it off. Um, the fact that this is somehow a disqualification for sitting on the Supreme Court just makes absolutely no sense. I mean, let's be honest. Does anything the left does these days make any sense? No. So, I mean, he's a baseball fan. He racks up debt. He uses credit cards. So do we all. One of the other bombshells that dropped um, was that Judge Kavanaugh joined a quote-unquote secret society uh, during his time at Yale. Uh, the name of this secret society was called Truth and Courage. And uh, by all accounts, it was not um, one of your typical secret societies on, on the same level as, say, Skull and Bones. Um, they were barely organized. Uh, they met in people's basements and things like that. And what they were known for was drinking beer and, and having sex with co-eds. Um, he was in college. These things happen. Um, the left always does this. They, they, they always like to take something that somebody did uh, way in their past, 20, 30, 40 years ago, and, 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 and hold it against them when they're, when they're up for some post or anything like that. I mean, would you want something you did 30 years ago held against you? I'm sure they wouldn't. Um, somehow they think that because of his behavior, uh, his alleged behavior, frankly, at, uh, at Yale, uh, that somehow uh, makes it hypocritical for him to sit on the Supreme Court and potentially have, uh, have an influence on what happens with uh, Roe v. Wade. I mean, come on, this was 30 years ago. We don't know anything, really. Um, we don't there's no evidence that he, he got some co-ed pregnant. Uh, there's no evidence that he had, uh, had said co-ed get an abortion. Um, if, if anything like that were to come out, then that there, there may be some validity to, uh, to, to some hypocrisy, but, uh, there isn't, and there, 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 there won't be. Um, I don't know about you, but something that I did 30 years ago, things that I did 30 years ago, I wouldn't want uh, the public at large to know. Um, and if you're the same person you were 30 years ago, the likelihood of you being up for a spot like uh, a seat on the Supreme Court or any big promotion uh, would be, it, that wouldn't be very likely for the simple fact that if you're the same person you were 30 years ago, you're not growing. You're not learning anything. You're immature and, uh, and, and not ambitious, obviously, because if you were, you, you, you would be growing. You would be learning things. You would be advancing. So to, to hold these two things against, uh, against this judge for, and, and try and block his nomination, try and block his confirmation to the Supreme Court is just silly. Uh, they're flailing. They have they they have nothing of of substance. They know that uh, they probably won't be able to to, to block his confirmation. Um, with Senator McCain out, it's still fifty to forty nine in the Senate. I, I don't see any Republican senators not voting for Kavanaugh. 
And I honestly see a few Democrats, actually, uh, the Democrats that are uh, that are in peril uh, from states that uh, um, went for Trump. Uh, if they want to keep their seats they're 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 going to go along to get along. So this is this is pretty much a moot point, I think um, we're going to hear a lot where they're going to be flailing, like I said. They're going to be doing everything they can to try and block it. But in the end, um, like I said in my piece up on the on the blog, uh, this is probably uh, going to go through. I, I don't foresee any um, I don't foresee him getting blocked like uh, Judge Bork um, back in the day with Reagan. And I also don't think that this is really going to uh, shift the balance of power in any major way. I, I said in the piece uh, on the blog that we re Republicans, conservatives often get these things wrong. All evidence right now suggests that he is uh, he is a strong conservative, but uh, they said the same thing about Kennedy. They said the same thing about a few justices that Republicans have nominated, and they ended ended up being either swing votes or uh, or reliably liberal votes. So. The balance of power is not going to shift much, uh, if at all. Um, so the the, the liberals, uh, the Democrats uh, in Congress are flailing. Like I said, they're they're just hysterical because Hillary isn't the one making this uh, making this nomination. So um, with that, uh, we're going to take another break, and when we come back, we will talk about. Uh, Trump's visit to Europe and also touch on the settlement with the DOJ um, with regard to the 3D printed guns. to the Liberty Cast. Uh, I'm your host, Big E, and I'm going to make this segment quick because um, I really want to get to uh, the DOG settlement uh, and the 3D printed guns and, and what that entails. Uh, also, I'm probably going to make some people mad with what I'm about to say uh, about Trump, but um, and I really don't care, but uh, so here it goes. I would rate the Trump's visit so far. Um, a B minus. Um, I think that when he pressed the NATO allies uh, to contribute more uh, to their own defense, obviously, bravo, uh, A plus. Uh, his remarks about Germany uh, were probably a little, probably a little harsh. His remarks about Germany and, and Angela Merkel, uh, but pretty much on point. Um, Merkel is doing a horrible job. Um, she's pretty much ruining Germany at this point. And um, anyone who's really paying attention understands that uh, his interview with uh, with the son and his criticism of Theresa May, not his best look uh, among quite a few bad looks, uh, especially when he tried to deny uh, that he criticized her when there's evidence uh, to the contrary, uh, which 
look, don't get me wrong. I am, I am 100% behind Trump. I think his policies are right on point. I think he's doing a great job. But when you, when you make speeches and you talk about how stable a genius you are, come on. Whether you believe you're a genius or not, whether, whether you're stable or not, there's no need to verbalize that. If it's true, everybody's going to know it or everybody's going to believe it. Um, all that does is, is make you come across as petty uh, and, and insecure. He's, he said similar things on a number of occasions, and I'm just not a fan of that. Um, it's, it's, it's really not something that anyone of any substance or anyone who has, who has real confidence in themselves would, would, would do. But like I said, the results that he's getting, fantastic. Uh, black unemployment at an all-time low. Um, stock market's doing really well. 2.2 uh, million people off of uh, food stamps and public assistance. I mean, that's fantastic. But um, it's like, and I've said this before. Um, I've said this in conversations, private conversations. I've written it in, in a few other pieces. Some of the things he says and some of the things he, he, he does um, outside of policy decisions are, <laughs> as, I, I really wish he wouldn't do it. But I think that coming off of the disaster that was uh, Obama's presidency, I think he's the leader that the country needed um, off of that. I wish he would tone down some of the rhetoric and some some of the the boorishness that that comes across. I wish he had more of a presidential uh, filter, but at the same time, we we pretty much knew what we were getting when we voted for him. Um, and yes, I did vote for him, um, but we knew what we were getting. He's a reality TV star. Uh, he's a marketing genius. To, to use his turn of phrase. Um, so he, I don't think he is doing this. Um, I, I, I think everything that he says and does, I think he's doing it purposefully. I just wish he wouldn't. Um, I wish he would tone it down at least a little bit, especially, um, especially when he's overseas, especially when he's criticizing, um, other world leaders. It's just, it's, it's not, um, it's not something that, uh, I I'd like to see from, from our president, but like I said, we voted for him. So we, we get what we get. Joseph de Maestra said that, uh, every government has, uh, or every country has the government it deserves. So like I said, before we voted for him, I don't think that, we have sunk to a point where we deserve someone like Hillary Clinton. And I don't think, but I also don't think that any of the other candidates with, except for maybe Ted Cruz, he might've been able to pull it off, but I don't think any of the other candidates that, that uh, Trump beat out would have been able to, to beat Hillary. So I would much rather have uh, a boorish president on the world stage than and, and a boorish president that actually puts uh, America first, uh, as opposed to someone like Hillary Clinton or pretty much any Democrat who puts everyone, every country but America first. 
So uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and switch gears here real quick and talk about uh, the settlement that was reached between the DOJ and uh, Cody Wilson's Defense Distributed and the Second Amendment Foundation. The Second Amendment Foundation brought um, a lawsuit challenging the DOJ's mandate that uh, Defense Distributed not post plans for 3D printed firearms uh, on their website. Um, they brought this on uh, grounds that it violated the First Amendment. And back on uh, just on July 10th, uh, a settlement was reached where they, the DOJ agreed to lift uh, that mandate. So 3D printed weapons are now, uh, well, this goes into effect on July 27th. So uh, on that day, uh, he will be able to post plans for uh, for these guns online. People will be able to go on there, download them. If they have the equipment, they'll be able to print them. Um, if they have the technical expertise, they'll be able to make improvements on them. And, um, and, and this to me is, 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 is huge uh, because it, um, it takes away another restriction uh, that had been placed on our Second Amendment rights. So I find that to be, uh, to be very exciting. Now, I don't have the equipment. I don't have the technical expertise. I don't know anybody that does have either. Uh, but uh, there are people out there, and, and, and this could be, could be huge uh, for, uh, for Second Amendment practitioners. So I am very happy about this. But there is another part of the settlement that I also find extremely exciting. And anyone who is... Um, a supporter of the Second Amendment should also find this as exciting as I do. Part of the uh, part of the settlement agreement uh, is that the government has acknowledged, the DOJ has acknowledged that uh, non-automatic or semi-automatic firearms up to 50 caliber, including the AR, um, are not inherently military. They are not weapons of war. The government has acknowledged that. And so with that, I think Shannon Watts's head is about to explode if it hasn't already, because the one of the biggest things that you, one of one of the biggest reasons that you hear for people wanting to ban ARs is because they they feel that because they have been designed to look like an M4 or an M16A1, that uh, they are inherently uh, a weapon of war, quote unquote. And obviously, uh, for anyone who has even the slightest familiarity with firearms knows that that isn't. If you've seen a movie, you know that that's not the case because you can't buy a fully automatic firearm, which would be a weapon of war. AR-15 is a semi-automatic, just like a uh, 1911 pistol. Uh, even a revolver can be considered a semi-automatic. I mean, think about it. You pull the trigger once, one round is discharged. So this is this this eliminates an entire line of attack by the left that um, an entire line of attack on our Second Amendment rights. And it severely hampers their contention that these weapons should be banned because they are weapons of war. The government has said you're wrong. So I find that extremely, extremely exciting. And I can't wait for the next time I debate somebody about it and they tell me that they're weapons of war and I can pull out this press release and say, ha, 
the government that you trust to protect you so much has said that you are incorrect. And <laughs> that, that, that makes me extremely happy. And so, uh, this is a big win. This is a big win for, for patriotic Americans who support the second amendment. Um, the 3D printed guns part is huge, but the fact that uh, the government is acknowledging what we've said all along, that these guns are not, uh, are not military grade weapons, are not weapons of war. I, like I said, I can't wait to use this in, in, in my next uh, discussion about guns with, with a leftist who thinks that if somebody invades my home, um, I should just sit there and take it because it's my time. Yeah, somebody actually said that to me. Uh, I'll get into that um, at another point, but um, that's it for now. So uh, take that news. Uh, if, you're, if you're a proud uh, practitioner of the Second Amendment, take that news. Celebrate because it's, it's, it's huge. And, um, and like I said, I can't wait to use it. So uh, with that, I will uh, sign off and say uh, talk to you soon and, uh, and have a good one. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you.